0: event may be too intense for young children and it's not recommended for children under the age of 13. No costumes or costume masks allowed. Discover Universal presents Halloween Horror Night's Haunted Tales, an anthology series exploring the stories behind Halloween Horror Night's chilling original creations. In today's episode, We'll hear from Michelle Alanya as she tells the tale of Sweet Revenge, an original scare zone at Universal Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights 2022. Set against the backdrop of a 1950s movie theater, a family tragedy turns a young boy's sweet demeanor to bitter vengeance. The price of admission for this showing? Your life. Here's Michelle with Sweet Revenge. From the second-story bedroom window, a young boy stares down at the lively festivities below in the street, the glowing orange lights strung up in the trees, the giant hay bales and perfectly round pumpkins that adorn the sidewalks, all the fall decorations to mark the beginning of the Halloween weekend. Nearby, he sees a small cart weaving through the bustling street offering snow cone treats and several stands scattered about selling homemade goodies. As the young boy continues to peer through the sheer curtains, he also hears the laughter and merriment of the other neighborhood children as they skip through the streets donned in their favorite Halloween costumes. More children join in the fun and begin trick-or-treating around the neighborhood. The sounds of the street grow louder and louder as the boy stands alone at the window. Isolation sets in. Anger takes over. Why wasn't he invited? Why is it the same kids that treat him poorly at school are down there having fun, and yet he remains alone, at home, already dressed in his costume, just waiting, longing to find a friend? His parents owned the Tribute Theater at the end of the block, and each week they spent countless hours attending to the theater's needs. Because of the varying hours of the theater, The young boy would often be left home alone for several hours daily. Therefore, almost every afternoon after school, the boy would run away from the evil confines of his school to the entrance of the theater. You see, the movie theater was his second home. It was here that he found peace from the candy-ridden children back at school and the loneliness of the second-story window the glow of the marquee, the smell of freshly made popcorn from the cart parked outside of the theater's golden doors, the sound of candy boxes rattling about as they are being restocked by his dad. Whenever he felt alone, he knew he could rely on the comfort that the tribute theater brought him. Whether it was sneaking into the theater just to sink into the giant cushy red chairs, whether it was gazing at the screen, closing his eyes and just listening to the sounds of the captive audience around him, whether it was to simply have some quality time with his parents, whom he adored. He knew he was home. This was home. One day while visiting the theater, the boy's father had him hop behind the concession stand to assist with handing out the candy confections. As he was organizing the display shelves, a girl a few years younger than he walked up to the counter with her aunt. Excuse me, she sweetly inquired. The boy clenched the candy box already in his hand and remained still. Was she talking to him? Someone around his age was actually talking to him? Hi, I can still see you, she said. The boy slowly stood up from behind the shelves with blushed cheeks and remained silent. What's your favorite candy, she asked. He hesitated and then said, Who, me? Yeah, what do you like best? He paused and pondered then said, Um, well, you can't go wrong with a lollipop. Perfect, I'll have two, she chimed. He quickly gathered the first two lollipops from the bottom right shelf and placed them on the counter. Her aunt gave the girl exact change. The girl placed it on the counter and proceeded to grab one lollipop. She turned and began to walk away. Um, wait, you forgot one, he shouted as he grabbed the pop and lunged forward over the counter to hand it to her before she walked too far away. "'Oh, that's for you,' she said, "'as she skipped off to the theater for her movie. "'The boy couldn't believe it. "'He looked down at the lollipop, unwrapped it, and smiled. "'Did he just make a friend?' "'The girl would return to the theater every few months with her aunt "'and continued the tradition of buying two pops, "'one for her and one for the boy, "'and thus began an inseparable bond. "'Once she was old enough, she too began helping around the theater, "'mostly so she could spend time with her friend.' Once again, the theater remained a beacon for all things good in the boy's life. His family, his friend, his foundation. To him, nothing could destroy the feelings that being within the theater's walls brought him. The year was 1939. All seemed well in their small northeastern New York town. It was early September, and the boy, now aged 24, arrived at the Tribute Theater in time for the Friday evening rush to assist his parents. He walked past the ticket booth and waved to his dear childhood friend, who now officially works at the theater on the weekends. As he opened the golden doors, the smell of sweet, sugary goodness instantly tingled his nostrils and brought him home. He made his way behind the concessions to greet his father before tending to his tasks for the day, but soon realized no one was there. Perhaps he was in the back retrieving more candy for the glass cases at the front of the stand. The boy walked to the stockroom, turned on the light, and found nothing but boxes of yet-to-be-sold candy. Perhaps he was off running an errand, gathering more necessities for the space. Maybe he could surprise his dad when he returned by cleaning the theater before the next movie, and away he went. The boy arrived at Theater 1, donned with a whisk broom, and made his way inside. The movie had ended nearly 15 minutes ago, and yet in the front row, two patrons still sat their eyes seemingly glued to the already dark screen. The boy announced, excuse me, the movie's over, we have to clear the theater. They remained still, never acknowledging the boy. He again announced, tonight's showing is over, but please join us again sometime. Not once did they look back. The boy, though still quite timid, began to walk towards the front row. As he got closer, he recognized their features the gentleman's dark wavy hair, the woman's curly blonde locks. Surely it couldn't be them. He ran towards them and screamed out in horror. He quickly checked for a pulse. None. They were gone. His parents were gone. Who could have done this? Why did they do this? What is he supposed to do now? Three years pass and the tribute theater, though still open, does not appear as it once did. The patrons that once flooded this popular cinema have diminished. Several light bulbs surrounding the marquee have burnt out, and showings have been cut down to one a day. The son has attempted to keep up with the mounting bills and somehow always falls behind. His loyal friend has remained and is the only other employee still tending to the theater's ever-growing needs. The boy often sits in the ticket booth, alone, staring out of the booth's window as he once did on the second story of his childhood home all those years ago, watching the few people of the town pass by, having fun, enjoying life as he sits in isolation. One day, his friend came by the ticket booth with two lollipops and handed one to him. She smiled and said, this one's on me. They unwrapped their pops, she hit the top of hers onto his as if to cheers him, and he finally gave a soft smirk. Thanks he murmured. She turned and walked back into the theater. As he savored the cherry-flavored sucker, it sparked an idea. What if... No, it would never work, but just maybe. Suddenly, he jumped out of his chair, ran out of the ticket booth to the front of the theater, and swung the golden doors open. He immediately ran an idea past his friend. What if they could create a new form of candy sure to tickle the taste buds of their theater goers? They could include a piece of candy with the sale of each ticket and in turn hopefully double their sales. Could it work? Would it fail? They had nothing more to lose at this point. The boy and his friend immediately got to work. Day and night they spent hours creating, conceptualizing, and tasting all forms of treats in the theater's concession stand. Batch after batch of unique combinations they realized that something was missing. They needed an ingredient of secret ingredient that could set this candy apart. The girl went to the stock closet, sifting through bottles of every kind, and returned to the concession stand with her arms full of options. Honey? No. Gelatin? No. Potion? Wait, what? Does that actually say potion? The label had folded over and slightly disintegrated on the already used bottle. Why would there be a bottle of potion here? The boy lifted the label and spelled it out. P-O-I-S-O-N and then it hit him. He immediately returned to that empty theater where he found his parents. The foam around their mouths, their dilated pupils, their faces frozen as if they struggled to take one last breath, they were poisoned. He suddenly became enraged and screamed out at the top of his lungs and then started sobbing uncontrollably. His friend took him in her arms and comforted him. She held him, consoled him, and then offered this suggestion. What if that was our secret ingredient, she asked. What, he said. What if we used the poison? I don't understand, he stated. Don't you want to know who did that to them? We may never know, but we can't trust anyone else in this town but each other. Don't you want to get back at them, she asked. Her idea, though crazy, just might work. The next weekend, the Tribute Theater began offering the new deal. Buy one ticket, get one treat. Sales skyrocketed. The patrons flocked to the theater once again. The sudden surge of popularity from the sugary sweets combined with the latest movie became a huge success. Each weekend, their popularity grew and patrons would return, sometimes just for the candy. They couldn't get enough. Business was thriving at the Tribute Theatre once again. But then, patrons began dwindling. Families of three soon became two. Had their plan actually worked almost too well? The local newspaper caught wind of the happenings and began releasing stories with wild accusations. They even turned up to the theatre for questioning. It became too much, and the boy and his friend took their earnings and fled, never to be seen again. The tribute theater, a former landmark of the town, had shut its doors for good. Years pass, and the desolate building remained. Though merely a shell of its former glory, it catches the attention of the newly elected mayor. Though he was new to the town, he admired the quaint buildings along the street and the charming ambiance. He knew he wanted to make a name for himself. Given the popularity of Halloween in their tiny town, What if he could refurbish the space and utilize it for a future Halloween celebration? But where would the money come from? Tourists rarely passed through this town, and many locals fled after the poisoning scandal. The mayor had heard murmurings of a new candy company that just opened on the other side of town. He took a drive over to their factory and met with Major Sweets, a boisterous gentleman with a pencil-thin mustache. His jubilant personality won the mayor over and the two immediately struck a deal. The mayor reaches out to the local paper to announce the news. Major Sweets' new candy company would help fund the new theater. And so, on October 31st, 1954, the town debuts their newest offering, a Halloween dark experience within the confines of the former tribute theater. The experience is a part of the annual Halloween festival, which also debuted a Halloween parade for the first time in the festival's history. As the floats begin to travel through the street, candy confections are being passed out by major sweets. Chocolate bars, cotton candy, and even lollipops fill the treat bags in the mouths of the overexcited children. His trusty assistant and loyal friend, Miss Treats, precisely parks the candy company's truck near the judge's booth and awaits the mayor's announcement. Halloween has officially begun. What could possibly go wrong?